I'm your host, Ren Wadsworth. And I'm Maximus Hunter. We've got a great show coming up today. We're going to be talking with a couple people from Unearth Netted Bags about their awesome bags that uh, meet the clear bag policy, but are made of cotton? All cotton. All cotton, yeah. And so they're going to be a little more sustainable than the regular plastic bags that are allowed at CSU's stadiums and basketball events. After that, we're going to hear a little bit of campus news with me and then hear Mia Sawa's piece about, about the last in-studio album of the semester, the third one of the semester as well. Yep. Um, I will also be discussing um, CU Boulder's decision to cut ties with their independent student media and instead establish a faculty student media and uh, we have some thoughts on that the collegian wrote a really awesome piece so we're going to discuss that and we also have a reporter in the studio with us today hey everyone i'm Brittany liskey thanks Britt. and uh Brittany is going to be reading your local news which uh, i think we're going to kick it off with all right sounds good I'm Brittany Liskey, and this is your local news for Thursday, December 12, 2019. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. The city of Fort Collins has released their public draft of the new Fort Collins air quality plan and are looking for public comment. The city is failing to meet federal standards for air quality, and this plan is intended to combat this. There are four main parts of the air quality plan. One, continuing work already begun and improve air quality measuring systems. Plan for ozone retainment with local businesses. Increase opportunities for community residents to participate in improving air quality. Preparing for changes in air quality caused by climate change. The plan details guidelines that would go for, into effect over the next five years. It is available to read on the City of Fort Collins government website. To provide feedback, you can contact Casey Archuleta at 970-417-2648 or at her email, C-A-R-C-H-U-L-E-T-A at fortcollingov.com. Or just go to their website, www.fcgov.com slash air quality slash plans policies. In continuation of the story from earlier this year, the man who set fire to Horsetooth has been sentenced. Robert McGee, 34, started a fire on Horsetooth Reservoir last September. He admitted to starting the fire out of rage due to a breakup with his girlfriend and a fight with his mom. Firefighters spent more than $5,000 to put out the fire, which burned more than 16 acres. The Associated, Associated Press reports that McGee has been given a deferred sentence by a judge after pleading guilty to second-degree arson and criminal mischief. McGee will do community service, probation, and pay $500 fine for starting the fire. It seems kind of low, honestly. Yeah, honestly, I would expect a little bit more than $500. It's like a really bad parking ticket. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, he set a fire <laughs> to horse too. Yeah, and it burns 16 acres. That is a lot of land. That's a lot of land for just a $500 fee and probation. Better. In my opinion, he got off easily. He got off easy. Probably had a great lawyer. Well, on a little bit of a lighter note, a little girl that goes by the name Jaden used her fifth birthday party to ask for donations from friends and family to give the two give the, to the Humane Society in Loveland. Instead of giving gifts of her own for her birthday, she wanted to bring joy to the pets of Loveland. Her passion for these animals at the Humane Society came from a trip she took there with her mom and exclaimed, we need to bring toys for all the animals. This brought on the brilliant idea to use her birthday party as a great way to 
for people to bring lots of new toys to the animals in need. All of Jaden's friends were delighted at the idea of bringing gifts to all the animals and getting to spend the afternoon with them. Jaden's kind spirit in nature even caught on to her friends as they talked about doing donations for their own birthday parties. Right on. If anyone is feeling nostalgic, nostalgic, you can take a trip to the Colorado Candy Company where you can walk in and immediately get a whiff of candy, making you feel like you just stepped in foot into Willy Wonka's candy factory. The sweet treats are churned out using old-fashioned antique candy making equipment, and with the holidays approaching, they will be cranking out ribbon candy. They make a couple thousand pounds of candy a week, ranging from the ribbon candies, cotton candy, and peanut brittle. While these, their flavors are always changing and evolving, they make sure to always get a sense of nostalgia that goes along with every bite. And Oompa Loompas. And Oompa Loompas, the most important part the of the holiday season. most important part of any candy-making <laughs> process. Well, thanks, Brittany. Yeah, of course. All righty. We're going to take a break, but after that, we're going to have an interview with Marina and Ben from Unearth Netted Bags. But before we take that break, we do want to ask both the people in studio and you um, what your plans are for this upcoming winter break. So to kick it off, Brittany, what are your plans for the winter break? Uh, winter break, I'll be heading back home to Chicago, spend some time with family. Yeah, yeah. Classic holiday stuff, you know. <laughs> yep. Uh, for this winter break, uh, probably be working. I don't really I don't really have any plans yet. Work. Yeah. Hopefully. I'm going to be hopefully applying for some more jobs for next semester, uh, some scholarships, and I'll be working at a princess company, which is pretty fun. Yeah, you were telling me about that. Can you <laughs> can you describe that a little more cuz that was that's that's something I'd honestly I didn't even realize there was a princess company. Yeah, so um, it's basically for low income families who aren't really able to fly all the way to California or Florida to be able to see some of their uh, children's favorite Disney princesses. Or uh, the company I worked for had other characters too, like Harry Potter. Um, so it's just an opportunity for kids who aren't really able to make it to Disney World or Disneyland to be able to see those characters real in life. So sometimes I'm Ariel, sometimes I'm Elsa. So Sounds awesome. Yeah, it is pretty. It's a pretty fun gig. <laughs> I kind of want to do it. <laughs> yeah, you should do it, Max. I yeah. can, uh, I, that was my audition song for my uh, high school musical was, uh, I can show you the world. Shining, shimmering, splendid. Would have loved to see that. Yeah, I think I would. I think I could do it. <laughs> yeah, that's the song that unfortunately fits my vocal range the best, but I will never be able to play Jasmine. So sad. <laughs> Anywho, we're going to take a quick break, but then stay tuned because after the break is going to be Marina and Ben from Unearth Netted Bags. But don't forget to text us in with those answers to the question what you are doing over break. You heard what everybody in the studio is going to be doing, but we want to know what you're doing too. So Let go ahead and know. text us in at 970-491-KCSU. Once again, that number is 970-491-5278. Stay tuned. This is the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm your host, Ren Wadsworth. And I am Maximus Hunter. And we are joined in studio by the founders of Unearth Netted Bags. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Hi, guys. Thanks for having us. I'm Marina. Yeah, and I'm Ben over here. Hey, <laughs> thanks for coming in. Yeah, yeah thanks for having us. We're excited. All righty. So to start it off, would you guys like to tell us a little bit about yourselves and Unearth Netted Bags? 
Would yeah. you like to start? Or? Yeah, I'll start. Sure. So actually, we are both CSU alumni. So go Rams. Um, yeah, <laughs> I graduated with a marketing degree and I'm actually yeah, a civil engineering degree. Yeah. So uh, how? Yeah, we we both went to CSU and studied abroad. And that's kind of how we met. <laughs> oh, nice. Where were you studying abroad? So uh, I actually studied semester at sea. Uh, 2016, and then I went again in 2017 and studied in Thailand, which is where I met him. That's where we met. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> wow, cool. Yeah. It's uh, pretty pretty unique. I like that. Thank you. So uh, tell me about this clear bag, not plastic movement. What is that? Yeah, so that is the movement that Ben and I started about, gosh, like exactly a, a year about ago. About a year ago. It, it unofficially started, probably in October. Where, yeah, totally. So... I can tell you our story if that's what you want to hear. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we both study abroad in Southeast Asia, and uh, that's how we first got connected. And uh, I think we were already, uh, whatever you want to call it, environmentally aware or sustainably yeah. conscious, however you want to coin the word. But um, Educated young people. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> there you yeah. go. Um, but Southeast Asia is... Uh, a different world. An eye-opening to, yeah, another world that's kind of covered up here, being a first-world country and then being a third-world country where, especially Southeast Asia being, besides maybe China, the largest manufacturer of plastic goods in the world and mm. definitely a heavy user of it and uh, doesn't really get cleaned up and it clogs all the canals and waterways and it's used for some of the most senseless things in my mind. And uh, so that was an experience into the detrimental or how urgent kind of this issue was and then yeah we came back I graduated out there she had one more semester at CSU and we came back to Colorado and uh that was like right when the stadium had been built too so it was a brand new canvas stadium this was like just a couple years ago oh yeah oh yeah like a year ago seriously yeah, like this whole our we business is like a year old so uh actually ben and i went to canvas stadium for the first time when we got back and it was actually ben who said something he was like oh it's what'd you say ben i just i just thought it was because i've never we never really experienced the clear bag policy and Before it wasn't that, until yeah. we got back to CSU that we saw it and I don't know if they had just implemented it when they opened up Canvas Stadium or not. I think but, they did. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's probably what it was. And I yeah, I, it's I just a new policy. I just yeah. saw all these plastic PVC plastic bags. I just we were sitting in the sands and I was just looking at the entrance and I was like this is bizarre like CSU coins themselves as a sustainable leader and they have this policy that promotes such plastic promotion or production and use and especially of pvc which is commonly opinionized as the, the most, most toxic, toxic of all plastics that there are so right what yeah. is pvc pvc is polyvinyl number chloride. three type plastic <laughs> <laughs> it's polyvinyl chloride yeah um i don't know it's tons of chemo there's lead in it uh oh tons of phthalates stuff yeah. that like leaches a lot of the time chlorine um, dioxins all yeah, sorts of like chemical know. components i don't know that recipe but <laughs> stuff you don't want to put yeah. back but out only really only number one and number two plastics are recyclable when they put in that after that it it's not they're not recyclable um or they're hard to recycle yeah often don't get recycled but anyways yeah i made so, that comment 
Yeah. Uh, where were we? What were we talking about? I made about? the comment and then oh, you took yeah. it to heart. Oh, yeah. And so I, I took it to heart. I took what he said to heart. And I was like, I think we were both pretty traumatized from overseas still. And it was all fresh. And we just wanted to do something about it. And I, we saw this and it was like, oh, my gosh, there has got to be something that we can do. And so I... I don't know. I think I had actually the bag isn't new. The, have you have you seen a French market bag? It looks just like that. It is a French market bag, but um, it, we we resized it to meet the policy guidelines. So the bags, our first prototype. This is how it came up. I was like, this is completely see through. So I ordered some on Amazon that had already been in the market, and I sent. Um, I don't know who in either athletics or security or someone with the stadium. And I said, will this bag work? You're like really excited about it, right? And they were like, no. And I was like, what, why, like why not? And they were like, because it's not made of plastic. And I was like, really? That's the only reason? And he's like, yeah, that's the only reason. They're not made of plastic. And so I was like, being me, <laughs> I was like, well, that's not a good enough reason for me. Sorry. <laughs> so that's kind of how the movement started. We ordered, like, he Ben encouraged me to order 300 of them. And we actually went out and it started as a protest. And we stood on CSU's plaza. And then we also went to Boulder to the equivalent of the plaza. I'm not actually sure what that's called. Um, <laughs> and we just, we asked for donations. We just stood out there with our big sign that said clear bag, not plastic. And the idea of having an alternative that wasn't plastic. And we got, oh my gosh, we received overwhelmingly positive feedback. It was awesome. insane, Especially you guys. from the students. Yeah. Especially from the students, but even faculty members, yeah, yeah. everyone thought it was great. Um, and so we were like, oh my gosh, this like might be a thing. Cool. So then we we got more into the political aspect of it after that and started having discussions with like athletics and landmark security, which is the security. The third party security that they use yeah. at the moment. Um in the police, the police department. department and kind of yeah, just knocking just on their conversations door. And <laughs> yeah, we had a meeting and it, we brought it about and it wasn't anything official up there but kept bugging them about it and we actually left the country again for yeah. four months <laughs> we uh, had the tickets the before <laughs> the business even started it was and like then a came back and started knocking on the door again and uh working with athletic directors and eventually yeah they opened it up to a trial run to officially allow the bag into all csu events trial run as in seeing how it adapts and how it works and um that happened at the beginning of the semester and so it's not like being publicized or anything by athletics or, but you are allowed to allowed bring in all your unearth netted bag to games and like i said that or a was, bag that yeah. fits the stadium requirements so now that you guys are allowed to do that what were some of the rules and guidelines that you had to meet in order to make these available for students to use at stadium events and uh, volleyball events so how did we make it available, I yeah. guess? Um, so we weren't allowed to market outside of games <laughs> on game day. <laughs> but uh, We figured that out the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of a rule. and uh, But we work with student organizations and colleges within the university primarily. Yeah. And other organizations. It's just so deep. There's Army ROTC even I've worked with. And then there's just so many different groups like the cultural center and stuff so we try to work with all of them uh since we're Always a small looking. company and small yeah. grassroots and uh i think those are the people that really care about it 
Um, so it's very internal and it's uh, working with these colleges and having them prom promote it basically and we brand the logo of the bag so we we partner with them and put their logo onto the pocket and so we create a partnership with the colleges and the student organizations and then they're kind of the ones who uh distribute it out to their community and spread the word yeah right and i see you're showing it off a little <laughs> bit back there uh, i am you can't see me but, but it's uh, here. for those who aren't able to see it could you kind of describe what the bag looks like a little bit yeah so like i said it's it's a french market bag so the bag is made from 100 percent organic cotton and uh, it's netted it's netted so there yeah there's like these holes all the About way through it so it's a larger completely than a square centimeter holes <laughs> <laughs> to be exact no um and it's sized exactly 12 by 6 by 12 inches to meet the stadium guidelines that has a pocket on the side and actually the whole bag folds into the pocket oh. so um makes for zero waste packaging <laughs> cool. and like if you want to tuck it in like a backpack say or your purse and take it to the grocery store Why don't with you, show you them? later okay i can but whoever's <laughs> listening can't see but check us out our live stream at kcsufm.com where you can watch everything we do <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah. um the pocket also meets the clutch or wallet size dimensions to the policy really? so exactly four and a half by six and a half inches conveniently um that's so for loose items this, this actually ties in really nicely to what i was about to ask which is so i i love this and it's made specifically for our you know our csu guidelines and our csu dimensions would you expand this to other schools oh so actually yeah i mean it's a nationwide movement that we started actually right here at csu oh snap let's so talk about that it's like we've already started moving. expanding yeah, yeah we've already started cu boulder um has officially has officially updated their policy updated it, bypassed the trial run yeah so, so they'll be out. adding like imagery to their clear bag policy within the next year which is like awesome um University of Wyoming. The University of Wyoming actually has it. They're like implementing the clear bag policy this year, so they didn't have next the clear bag policy next, po next this season. Upcoming, I think. Yeah, this upcoming year, um, which is really cool because now they're like completely eliminating the PVC bags altogether. Because they don't you have know? to buy so they're them not even going to allow. Place. Yeah. I think it's really awesome. And that then um, really awesome. UNC Greeley, it's been really supportive yeah, in the we'll, movement, even we'll though be, they don't have a clear bag policy. We're targeting the Pac-12 specifically. That's what CU Boulder is in and will be a sponsor in like their sustainable sustainability conference they have every year this upcoming June. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully to make big strides there. And then, um, yeah, the Mountain West Conference, of course, that's what we're in. And like she said, it's a nationwide policy. So this is a nationwide movement and the policy just keeps growing and growing. So there's a lot to tackle. I mean, it started with the NFL in 2013. They mm -hmm. created the clear bag policy. Uh, it's been adopted by pretty much every major university in the nation. Uh, it's like Poudre Valley School District, the high school district, just, just no, implemented. Poudre School District. Oh, sorry, Poudre <laughs> School District just implemented the policy this year. So it's going to high schools now. Yeah, it's, it's everywhere. It's going to festivals, concerts. It's going into like NHL sports teams and MLS sports teams. and Yeah. So it's growing. And so... But yeah. the cool thing is we don't just work with universities either. We work with, like, businesses and, I mean, organizations and, right uh, like, anyone, like, big sponsors who previously give out PVC plastic bags. We work with anyone, so we can put logos on whatever. And, nice. like, it's a community thing, you know? It's yeah. like a statement towards 
ending this because it's good for it's good our for environment, world. right? You got your work cut out for you. It sounds yeah. Like. yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been a whirlwind of a year. Oh yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, it's happened so quickly too. Yeah. So, where were you guys at the beginning of this year? What were your What were your kind of goals at the beginning of this year compared to where you are now and what you're looking to do now? Oh my gosh, we were in Turkey at the beginning <laughs> of the year. We went yeah. on like a four month backpacking trip around. Uh, Turkey, cool. Egypt, and Ethiopia. Yeah. <laughs> and that trip was already planned before we started the business. So we decided it was kind of a decision to make, but it wasn't very hard, actually. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. And so Work or go to Turkey? Yeah. Well, we turned it into kind of a work thing. We found one of the, uh, our good friends who turned into kind of a manufacturer I there. Guess, so I guess if I can remember back to the beginning yeah. of the year. So we're on Earth, and that's the company. And I thought you just meant in general. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, a subsidiary of that, that is where Unearth Sustainable Solutions. So we're not a bad company. The idea is to continue implementing more products in the way we live life and the systems of which we do do things um, back into society. It's a statement. It's saying we can address our socioeconomic problems and solve those problems without having to also damage the environment. There's a solution, I believe, to everything. To anything. And I think we can do it with a much more environmentally conscious state of mind. Um, so I remember at the beginning of the year, I don't even know if we were planning on coming back to the States for like oh, two years. Oh, we had years. a one-way ticket, you're <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> and I know we were planning some other products that we had in mind mm -hmm. one was a product out of in Myanmar that we were planning on oh, investigating further yeah. so that was uh i guess i guess yeah it's 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 a completely different vision i mean we came back to the states we're a little more grounded now and this took off a little more and yeah, I, I don't... Yeah, but I think you're right in that, I mean, we've still had the vision of we're not a bag company. This is kind of, we're a sustainable solutions company, and this is just our first product. So awesome. I think that's important. That is important. I like the mindset. Thanks. So something I'm curious about is, so obviously these bags are reusable. Are they recyclable after they've kind of gotten a little worn down? Can you recycle them at all? So, yeah, the point of our bag, uh, we like... Well, the first prototype was like a thin strap bag. And then the bag you see here is actually our second prototype. And it's just, it's 100% cotton. And now, because we know cotton can compost and break down. And if it's in perfect conditions, it can compost in five to six weeks. In a landfill, it probably takes uh, five to six years. Months? Are you saying or five months? to six yeah. months in a perfect composting condition. So now they're all strictly 100% organic cotton because when that breaks down we won't don't want those chemicals going or leaching into the earth mm -hmm. um, in terms so that's that addresses compostability in terms of recyclability I know we get creative with <laughs> recycling <Everything>. fabrics um, <laughs> I, I guess we haven't thought in terms of recyclability yet, no. But they are compostable. But. And, I mean, the idea is that they're not plastic, so they're not going to last forever, and that's kind of the entire point of it. But while they do last, you can, I mean, you can use them for everything. Like, you can take them grocery shopping. You can take them to the pool. You can take them, I mean, I took mine. They're not just for sports games. Sorry? Yeah. They're not just for sports yeah, games. Yeah, they're not just for sports games at all. I took mine on my four-month backpacking trip and used it for, like, laundry. So, like, nice. everything you can use them for and then 
I mean, th- this this bag I took with me for four months had so many holes in them, but it was still it still works, you know. Because it already had holes. Yeah, in it. exactly. <laughs> well, it's like I'm, as long as my apple doesn't fall through. Yeah, I was actually wondering how strong um, the bag is. So you, you're saying it can do all this different stuff, but. Have you tested like the strength and the durability of the bag at all? Oh yeah, I, I was I was taking lots of photos while we were in um, while we were traveling, kind of for like product photos, for lack of a better word. Um, and I did this one shoot with rocks in the bag. Just I don't know why, because they were yeah, multicolored. I mean, well, we also were like, let's show that it's durable. Yeah, so let's we show that put, how much it holds. Many rocks I was so impressed. There had to be. No, it's a quality bag. It's quality, quality. and the, it's knitted to the point where it's like holds itself i don't know but i carry all my groceries i stuff it to the extreme so, yeah. so it's it lasts tough. you it's, it's tough. tough yeah it's yeah. not meant to last forever it's but it's not a quality plastic bag. but it's it is quality cool. yes all right so uh we're gonna have to wrap this up in a sec we're almost out of time yeah, unfortunately yeah. but i did want to quickly switch it over just to a, another thing really quickly before we wrap it up uh you're both csu alumni and you've both started this awesome uh you know movement and created this bag and I'm just curious, how do you think your education at CSU prepared you to do this? Oh my gosh. Well, I would say, honestly, studying abroad. I had the opportunity to study abroad twice through CSU. And I mean, Semester at Sea is put on by the university. Uh, it was adopted by the university, like started that year I went. So I, I think that just the opportunity that comes with studying abroad and seeing cultures outside of your own tiny little bubble and your tiny perspective is just overwhelmingly positive and I would encourage anybody to do it it changed me as a person and it's the only reason I'm where I am today um for me I I I don't see myself from an insider's point of view but I do think CSU is a leader in sustainability and I, my parents have said this to me from an outside perspective that they, they've watched me morph as a person since I've come to this university and become much more kind of that state of mind from, from just being here. And then, uh, yeah, it's just in terms of our networking and this starting at CSU, it's been a great help just having all those connections and being able to be alumni and have oh, yeah. that community People to work care with. Here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right on. Well, th- thank you so much for coming in. Really appreciate it. If one wants to get a bag or learn more, how could they do so? Yeah. Um, so we have a website. It is www.unearthsustainablesolutions.com. <laughs> and then they can follow us on Facebook, um, Unearth Netted Bag. And then we also have an Instagram, unearth underscore netted underscore bag. And, and <laughs> Hashtag bags, clear bag, not plastic. At CSU, the bags are in the bookstore as well. So. Yeah, you can buy them in the bookstore. Oh, awesome. Both logoed and unlogoed, so that's cool. All righty. Anything else you guys li- would like to add about Unearth or your business or just in general? I mean, thank you for having us, you guys. This is yeah, such yeah. a unique opportunity to be able to like share our own story. So we really Thanks appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank yeah. you so much. All right, so we're going to go on a quick break, but uh, after the break, we are going to have a piece from local music director Mia Sawaya about our third KCSU in studio album, which will be available for purchase soon. Um, we are also still looking for uh, what are you doing for your holiday plans? Text us what you're doing at 970 491 KCSU. It's 970 491 All righty, we'll be back right after the break.
And we're back with the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm Ryan Wadsworth. And I'm Maximus Hunter. We just heard from Unearth Bags about how uh, you can use a cotton, 100% cotton organic alternative to plastic bags for the clear bag policy. Uh, at a school near you or coming yeah. soon. And that's been approved here at CSU, so you can actually use their bags here. And they gave us uh, their website. And also, you can actually find the bags at the bookstore if you're interested in finding them. I know, I sure am. Also, their <laughs> interview is going to be up at kcsufm.com tonight if you missed it. So go ahead and check that out. And that's Marina and Ben with Unearth uh, Cotton Bags. Yeah. Thank Alrighty. you so much to them again for coming Before in. that, we heard a little bit of our local news with our reporter, Brittany. But we're not done with news yet because I'm going to go right into campus news. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Indeed, Max. Alrighty. So the 23rd head coach has been named at Colorado State University as Steve Adazio. Adazio is a two-time BCS national champion with nine years of head coaching experience at two universities. Today, there was a press conference held inside Canvas Stadium's Hall of Fame at 3 p.m. to formally int- introduce Adazio. Over his nine-year coaching career, Adazio has, tailed, has tallied 57 wins. At Boston College, he made history by taking his team to six bowl games in the seven years he coached, as well as being the first bowl-winning head coach at Temple in over 30 years. Adazio had this to say about his new position. I would like to thank President Joyce McConnell and Director of Athletics Joe Parker for the opportunity to lead this football program. Colorado State University is a world-class institution, and Fort Collins is an incredible city to live in and be able to recruit to. Our program will be one built on toughness and passion, and we will work tirelessly to develop men of character to return championship-level football back to Colorado State. I have to say, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, We talked a little bit about it with Dixon uh, earlier this week on Tuesday about our theories about who was coming to Colorado State University and what we hoped they would bring. Was he one of the theories? Um, I don't remember if he was one of the theories. We did talk about Boston College, I think. Yeah. So hopefully he was one of uh, the theorized coaches, but he does sound like he's got a pretty good track record. A great track record. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, a great track record. Um, Isn't he uh, the the guys being dudes guy? He is indeed the guys being dudes fine guy. So I I really hope he implements that. This is what it's all about, man. Guys Guys being dudes. I really hope (laughs) we implement that into some of our um, halftime shenanigans that happen on the Jumbotron. I mean, that's actually our coach. That's so great. I think that's pretty fun. I'm not even like a big Vine person, but I know that one. Yeah. I'm also very hopeful. um, Being in the marching band, I really hope we go to a bowl game at some point while I'm here at CSU. So I hope he's able to bring us to one of them. Alrighty, so researchers at Colorado State University have begun studying microbes to investigate exactly when a person died. According to Ann Manning from College News on Source, the appearance and succession of these microbes is predictable, acting like a kind of stopwatch that starts ticking when death occurs, such as microorganisms could hold the key to better science for estimating time since death, what forensic scientists call the post-mortem interval. CSU Associate Professor of Animal Sciences Jessica Metcalf has been studying these postmortem microbes and their predictability for the last several years. Metcalf's research is backed by several million dollars from the National Institute of Justice and a team of collaborators that include professors from UC San Diego, Sam Houston State University, Shamanad. Uh, Shamanad. Thank you so much. I was like, oh gosh. Shamanad University. 
published in a web article on the American Association of Advancement of Sciences website under the title Microbial Community Assembly and Metabolic Function During Mammal Corpse Decomposition. The team wrote that this biological clock relies on ecological changes in microbial communities that inhabit a body and its surroundings. They demonstrated that over the first 21 days of decomposition, the postmortem interval of human remains can be estimated to within about three days. They did it using state-of-the-art high throughput sequencing of microbial genomes, combining with machine learning regression tools. Interesting. Medclaff and her team are continuing with their research, and if you would like to know more about this project, you can read their article at science.sciencemag.org. Rumors have begun spreading that Clark will soon be renovated. After a video was posted on the popular Instagram page, Colorado State Memes, depicting that Clark would soon be renovated on December 10th. Excitement, confusion, and rumors began spreading around CSU's campus. However, the Collegian has reported that this has nothing to do is nothing more than rumors. While plans are in the works to eventually renovate Clark, according to Vice President for University Operations Lynn Johnson, the immediacy of the renovations are what has been embellished. Johnson stated, we share our initial thoughts with the Board of Governors last week regarding three potential capital projects, and they are supportive of us moving forward with additional preliminary planning, and went on to say, we hope to have a much clearer picture going forward by the end of the spring semester. The Collegian article is written by Serena Bettis, and, can be reached, and she can be reached at news at collegian.com or at Twitter at Serena Rose B. Thanks, Ren. We got to keep it moving along, but uh, our next piece is going to be by our local music director, Mia Sawaya about the third in-studio album coming from KCSU. We're really excited to release this. It's always great music. Check it out. Yeah, we're going to head into it right now. Hey, guys, this is Matt Campbell from the Arts and Culture... Hey, guys, this is Matt Campbell from the Arts and Culture desk of the Rocky Mountain Collegian. Today, I'm here with Mia Sawaya, and we are going to be discussing... KCSU's third in-studio compilation album. That's right. So, to start us off, why don't you tell us a little bit about the album? Um, As far as I understand, you are the person who recorded it. Yes, that's correct. Um, So, my whole job is basically about having bands come in, usually local bands or sometimes bands that are, like, touring through the area. They come in. They play music live. I interview them. That's like my whole job. So we take those recordings and like one song from each recording and we put them on a compilation album just because it's fun. And there's like a lot of learning, which is like a big part of college radio is just learning in general. So, yeah, you like learn how to get things on streaming services and like the technical parts of making an album. So this is the third one we've done. We do one every semester. Awesome. And so how long have you been a part of KCSU? I've been working here since January. But I started volunteering the semester before that, which is where I started. I started in news, but yeah, then basically I just got the job as a local music director. And now I'm very immersed in music and don't really do news anymore. <laughs> awesome. So you've been doing recording for a while. Um, was it something where you just kind of learned how to do recording by the seat of your pants? Or did you have a little bit of experience before you started at KCSU? Yeah, I don't really know why they hired me, which sounds like a rude thing to say. <laughs> but like, I didn't even know how to set a mic stand up which is like very 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 basic like I didn't even know how to do that yeah so I just literally learned everything on the way Hannah Copeland homie number one yeah taught me pretty much everything and just like I learned from experience so every band is obviously different and once I learn one thing then it like opens the door for me to learn other things because then I like have that one thing down 
but then I can learn other things. So I just like pretty much every single time I learn, even though I've been doing this for like almost a year, I yeah. still learn every time, which is really fun. So um, that kind of brings me to one of the things that I was uh, thinking about in preparation for this interview. The KCSU studio is tiny. It's um, very tiny. <laughs> so tell me what it's like to get a band in there. Like, how mm. does that process start? Uh, you know, from basically saying, hey, we'd like you to play or them saying, hey, we'd like to be on your radio station to actually lugging all the gear in. How That's does true. how does that work out? Yeah. So we used to like when we first started like KCSU, not me, but like when KCSU first started doing in-studio performances, they used to just use they used to only have acoustic performances because they would just use like these vocal mics that we're talking into right now as what was capturing the instrument sound. But yeah. now we have like actually like really good equipment. We have like an analog mixer with like, I think 24 channels or something. Oh, and awesome. we have like all of the mics that yeah. you need. <laughs> like we have drum mics, which not every radio station is fortunate enough to have. We also have like SM58s and sevens, which are pretty standard. And we have like condenser mics. We just have like a lot of equipment. So it's, even though it's like crammed in the studio, we just have a lot of potential to make it sound good because we have good equipment. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I mean, yeah. I've definitely been passing by the downstairs to the LSC or on my way to the newsroom and I see something like six people crammed mm -hmm. into the studio <laughs> and I'm just like, huh, interesting. Yeah. They got it done. <laughs> True. And the thing with having a small studio is like, and it being live is like, there's also like a lot of bleed, which kind of can make it sound bad. So the, yeah. that's been a lot of like the learning curve is just trying to make it sound good, even though it's in such a small room. Cause the room sound isn't really that good. Cause it's mostly drums. Yeah. And actually I was, uh, I was listening to an interview with uh, Jeff Tweedy of Wilco. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was a conversation that he had with George Saunders. Um, and he was talking about how their recording studio, the loft was set up and he was, uh, he was saying that, yeah, we all kind of hang out in the same area, and then over there is drums. Cause <laughs> right, drums are intense. Yeah, oh drums dear. drums are really hard to uh, <sighs> yeah really hard to record. So, um, so far, how has the experience of uh, collecting these songs been? I'm sure it's an honor to be able to pick out these songs individually from each session mm -hmm. and put them into a compilation album that represents uh, the CSU as a school and also, you know, Fort Collins as a city and the bustling music scene that it has. Right. Yeah, I like that this album is just kind of, it's like a compilation album of mostly local bands and some touring bands. So it's like nice for people, it's like a nice way to get people interested in local music, like in one place, if that makes sense. So like this album showcases like, I don't know, 14 different bands or 13 different bands that are local. Yeah. And then, I don't know, it just like cultivates interest in local music. So I don't know. I don't know if that answered your question, but yeah, no, that's definitely that's definitely what I was uh, thinking of too, because it really is kind of like you know the best of Fort Collins. I've only been living in Fort Collins for about a year now, and from what I've seen, you know, it's not just bluegrass, right? Yeah, it's, that's very true. I mean, we have bands on uh, that album such as Holdfast, who right. are really, really, you know, accessible indie rock almost to the point of being like indie pop mm -hmm. and alternative rock where you know a lot of people want that a lot of people want those alternative rock bands because you know alternative has gone into the mainstream a lot i mean right. you know there are there are bands who have kind of broken into the mainstream unintentionally like green day mm -hmm. for example uh coming out of the california punk scene but you know there's a lot of talent on this record as far as i've been able to tell and you know there's a lot of diversity too yeah. it's not all bluegrass that's an interesting point because i feel like when people think of the colorado music scene 
that probably is the first thing that comes to mind yeah. is just like bluegrass but yeah i that's like definitely something i've gotten better at throughout just having this job is like trying to not have the same type of music come in every single time because that's not really fair to the other genres of music i know like there's yeah. there's a lot of different scenes in fort collins music it, scene. yeah like there's a house show scene which is like a lot of punk stuff oh the, the house show part. scene is awesome here. but then there's also like bigger venues like washington who are getting like touring acts that are like really cool and like yeah. they're literally right in our city and then there's like aggie and um hodies and whatever and they also have like just a good variety but yeah it's, it's definitely yeah. kind of I, it, it has to be in mind for me to like not just book the same bluegrass bands all the time you have to look for it though. What I've noticed yeah, is like you really have to look that's for true. it. Like I was, I was completely oblivious to the kind of DIY house show scene, uh-huh. and then a you friend, have to like know people, kind of. Yeah, a really good friend of mine, uh, Joel Thompson, who uh, used to be on the Arts and Culture Desk as well. Actually, um, remember he he invited me to a show at Hillcrest. Actually, <laughs> right. it was Hillcrest, and I was like, huh, this is awesome. Uh, you know, Hillcrest play- is run by Joe would i do believe right i think so i'm 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 not as involved in the scene as joel is but you know even venues like uh the laundry room Mm -hmm. which i think they're taking a break right now but the laundry room is really cool too and the heck house which quinn miller right yeah and he came in for an in-studio oh really yeah that's awesome they have they didn't make this album but they're probably gonna be in the next one it's just was that red scare the red scare yeah they're they're so good i saw them at a heck house takeover at the artery And, oh, true. Yeah, rip the artery. I miss rip, the artery. I miss the artery. It's yeah, I miss the artery sad. too. It was such a cool venue. My parents it's went so to the artsy. artery. Did they? Yeah, my parents they came to the like artery. And... Well, they were coming. In, they were visiting town, and I was like, "Hey, you should come see this show. It's one of our best, you know, uh, one of our best Venues. places. Oh. Yeah, for you know, van- bands like us uh, to play at. Mm-hmm. You know, the the kind of lower, not lower, but like you know." rather unknown DIY yeah. scene and mm-hmm. it was I think it was actually the heck house takeover too where I saw mm-hmm. Red Scare for the first time and they were like this place is really cool but you know my parents are in their late 50s they're like yeah you know it's not our crowd but this is still really really cool <laughs> yeah. and I was like all right yeah word I get that True. <laughs> I know I feel like a lot of my job is like doing research on bands just so I don't fall into the bluegrass Americana thing only because yeah. there's like a lot of electronic groups that don't get a lot of like like recognition within yeah. the scene and just like punk groups because like that's a very specific genre that a lot of people don't like so then they don't get that many shows even though yeah. they make good music they're not appreciated that much so it's like hard to find them so i have to like yeah. search through facebook and like instagram and like i don't know just word of mouth is how i hear about a lot of bands too i guess uh you know to steer us back into the album mm-hmm. um can you give us a little bit of because uh, the album's not out yet can you give us a little bit of uh you know how the process of record it like recording the album and putting the album together and what people can expect on the album so if you listen to my show which is live and local which is where these songs are recorded live that's like the first part of the recording process so there's like a sound check you know i mix the audio live in the studio so it's not like the mixing is done live on an analog mixer because we don't have we just have one stereo track we don't have the individual instruments tracks so i mix it live after that we send it over to the Blasting Room, Jason Livermore specifically from the Blasting Room, which is like a yeah. super cool recording studio in town. We're like so oh, yeah. lucky that that's right here. It's like amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have like a partnership with them where he will master the songs, send them back to me, and then I upload it on Bandcamp and Spotify. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um. So what can what can uh, or I should say. What should we look for if we're gonna, mm. you know, if we're gonna be going on Bandcamp or Spotify? What 
you know, what name does this go under? Um, this goes under the KCSU Bandcamp account. Okay. And then on Spotify, it's like attached to all of the artists. Like, it's kind of hard to find, which is kind of annoying because we don't have an artist account on oh, Spotify. Oh yeah. Because you have okay. to like pay money for them. We like don't really have any money. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, we upload it on Spotify, and each artist, like, it says. Oh, yeah, no. it'll be like an appears on thing appears or something. On, yeah. or it'll be, it'll like be a single, in that page. It's like an them. audio tree session. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yep. That makes sense. So, um it's kind of hard to find, but we'll post about it on our socials for sure. I guess um tell us a little bit about that relationship with the Blasting Room mm. because the Blasting Room when I moved here being like a punk dude, being a fan of, you know, punk rock, I was uh I was up at Surfside one time and I was um I was wearing <laughs> I was wearing I was wearing this black flag T-shirt that I have, and he's like, and there was a guy who was at Surfside. He's like, oh, you know, Bill Stevenson lives in mm, uh, Fort Collins, right. and I was like, oh, really? He's like, and I think he he runs or is affiliated with the Blasting Room, and the Blasting Room seemed to, to be kind of this mythological place, <laughs> or like this, you know, <laughs> like this pilgrimage that yeah. if you're a new punk dude, you at least you know a new a new person who's into that kind of like. Mm-hmm traditional punk rock yeah. music and aesthetic and attitude you know you have to kind of make the pilgrimage to the blasting room or at least you know right. start to know about it so tell us a little bit about that relationship yeah they're very involved with the local scene and obviously that's like most of my job so basically i just like kind of shout them out on the show and then in return they master the songs that's like our relationship but oh, they're like awesome. super um i think like the drummer of the descendants i can't remember his name but he yeah. is like the one who started the blasting room okay so yeah, it's known for like a lot of punk fans yeah. and that kind of thing because that's like what the Descendants are known for. But yeah. and I know Holdfast, who's on this album, yeah, they Holdfast recorded, recorded there. Their their newest EP is like being recorded with them, and their old EP was also recorded at the Blast. Oh Room. really? Yeah. Okay, that's that's sick. I guess uh, who are who are some of the artists on this uh, compilation this semester? Because I know that uh, this is the third one of these that you guys have done, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, being the third one, you know you're. You're starting to get to the point where, you know, album, at least like artists would normally be kind of like, I've, I've heard a lot of third and fourth albums from artists where I've been like, eh, you know, but it, se- <laughs> it seems like it seems like the KCSU, it still it still ends up keeping keeping itself fresh even after, yeah. you know, three, four, it's a five new group of people every single time. Yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't really get old, I guess, because yeah. it's always a new combination of people but um this year we have the copper children they're from denver they're like kind of the most well-known band that's on the um ep they're kind of like i don't know how to explain it they're like kind of like folk i don't that in studio session was it sounded good somehow yeah but there was like a whole full drum kit two guitars a bass like six vocalists and then congas (laughs) and it was like crowded in the studio i don't even know how i managed to make that sound good but it actually did well, good on you. And yeah, that one was intense to record, but they're on it. I'm trying to think. I should really know this better. Yeah. <laughs> but the Timberline, they're like the Timberline Solo Luce hold fast. They're kind of like the punk-ish represented yeah. in the album. Um, what else? Fox Feather, that's kind of like folkish. Yeah, can, so it you seems you can find it on Bandcamp and actually. Yeah. So it seems like uh <laughs> it seems like uh a very diverse um oh yeah it, it's, it's not it just rep- like one genre yeah it rep- it represents everything that four collins has to offer which is yeah perfect for a project like this i don't know we don't really have a specific goal of what the album's supposed to sound like in yeah. the beginning of the semester we're just trying to like showcase bands and then whatever mm-hmm. bands come in that's just what happens to be on the album so that's it's like pretty awesome, random though. but it's also kind of like fun to get people exploring different 
music locally. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I think that that's, you know, a really good way to go about it because you don't want to have like one year where it's all, every, you know, yeah. this kind of genre because, you know, I feel like that is kind of exclusionary, but it seems mm-hmm. like this is a really good showcase of everything that Fort Collins has to offer from, you know, electronic to folk yeah. to to punk. Do you have a favorite song off of uh, the record? Not um, to, you know, single anyone out. Yeah, I don't know but... if I should say I don't know. I think, yeah, the Copper Children is probably my favorite just because it was so, I didn't think it was going to sound good. And it yeah. did sound good, so then I liked it because it was just, like, deviating from my expectations of it sounding terrible. Yeah. Because, like, when there's a lot of vocal mics, there's usually a lot of bleed. Yeah. But there wasn't, and it sounded good. So I was just, like, happy with how I personally, like, mixed and it's just a good song yeah but like all of the songs are good but that one i was just like most proud of how i mixed it because like i don't know like i said earlier i didn't really know anything when i started the job so i like getting better at things yeah that's that's (laughs) that's a really good you know that's that's really good to hear um and you know i i love i love bands before collins like the red scare and um you know, a lot of these, yeah, a lot of these, a lot of these DIY bands. And I mean, a lot of the DIY bands that are known on a national level, like one of my favorite records to come out this year was uh, Cosmic Cosmic Thrill Seekers by Prince Daddy and the Hyena. And, you know, those communities that build themselves up around DIY and, you know, hitting up your friend and being like, hey, I'm going to go on this two week tour. You want to come? Mm-hmm. It feels more genuine. Um, yeah. it, it, make, it makes me, it reminds me why I love music and it's because of the community build, built That's around it. True. And I think that that same philosophy is, is expressed in spades in projects like this. And that's why, you know, I'm really excited to be able to review this album. I'm really excited to be able to talk to you about this album because, you know, it's, it's a really great thing and it's a really, really great cause. Yeah. I feel like it's just like an effort to support local musicians who yeah. don't get appreciated enough. Yeah, but yeah, I, I totally feel that. Thanks for having the interview with me. Yeah, of course. Way. Do you have any closing comments? Um, I don't know. I like local musicians. That's so, all I have to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was so weak. No, that's, I don't know. That's really all I have to say. Hey, it's cool, man. I, I, <laughs> I, I like local musicians too. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Also, the album is available on Spotify and Bandcamp under the KCSU Bandcamp. Alrighty, thank you, Mia, for that piece. Thank you, Mia. Yeah. All right. We're going to kick it off with a little bit um, of news, some breaking news, actually, from coming from our rival school, actually, from CU from Boulder. From CU Boulder. So this is, um, I'm going to be reading a piece written by the uh, news team at the Collegian because they did a really excellent job, or I'm going to be summarizing it. They did a really excellent job of addressing something kind of seriously important that happened at C Boulder the other day. So this past Monday, the news broke that the University of Colorado Boulder will be defunding the CU Independent, which is the editorially independent student media outlet at CU to focus on having a faculty-led media outlet. The editorial team will soon be losing all funding from the university's College of Media, Communication, Information, as well as their newsroom space. And as a member of an independent student media outlet, that's heartbreaking. Independent media, especially student media, is critical for upholding the democracy of any institution. Without an independent student media organization, journalism that's true to its roots can't be practiced by those looking to become the next generation of watchdogs. A university-controlled paper is not one that can really teach students the importance and necessity of a free press. 
the um, College of Media Communication Information has pledged support through the next semester as the CU Independent transitions and is forced to look for new funding methods. But is that support really worth anything when the outcome is possibly losing their only independent student press? Once the college retracts its funding and the independent starts their own faculty-led news organization, the university's transparency and objectivity it can be called in a serious question. When the First Amendment was created, it was under the premise that an educated electorate depends on information from a free press, one not bogged down with interests of higher power or hidden interests. But in this case, how could a student body trust the reliability and authenticity of the information presented to them when it comes from an institution interested in portraying themselves in a good light? Under this new system, one of the largest high, higher education institutions in the state will be reporting the news on itself. And that sounds kind of suspicious. It's because most people would agree that under this system, news about the university that isn't all good most likely won't be allowed to print. The cloudy days and bad weather will be hidden from the public if the faculty is controlling the news. And this may not be a surprise, but it's a little unsettling. And as student journalists, we have to come together to support independent student journalism. Um, there were paths forward that could, we feel could have been taken not only to illustrate the importance of independent student media, but also make it clear to students what independent student media really looks like. The, uh, call, the media college should have shown support for the independent in the pursuit of greater journalism and not cut it off. This new venture is something that is dangerously ambiguous and provides more questions than answers. The college has claimed that students in this new venture will be, quote unquote, encouraged and allowed, unquote, to report on stories that are critical or harsh to the university. However, we at um, student media, Rocky Mountain Student Media, have a hard time believing that is the case necessarily. It goes against the university's best interest to have students report on stories to make them look bad. So what will stop the university from protecting itself by snuffing out independent reporting? At the end of all, we say this. We stand with our fellow journalists at the CU Independent. We stand with the independent, strong journalism that is taught to young writers and reporters across the nation. And we stand with every journalist that reports for CU. We hope that their amazing team of dedicated independent journalists continue to forge ahead in the face of uncertainty, knowing that we at KCSU and the Rocky Mountain Collegian, who wrote this originally, have their backs and so many other journalists. Um, we urge the University of Colorado Boulder to uphold and recognize the importance of free press on a college campus. Full editorial control of student media is vital not only to learning the nature of journalism, but to the foundation of the practice itself. Freedom of press should come with no footnotes or caveats. Student media for the CU Independent and beyond deserve the namesake of that great outlet that serves the student staff and community, independence. Uh, thank you. That is uh, all I had to say. And um, I hope I brought attention to this for people who were not aware of what was happening at CU Boulder right now. Yeah, it's really crazy to think about. Um, if we had a staff-led media corporation we wouldn't have a job right now we wouldn't yeah no exactly here. they took all the people who did what we do and they took their jobs yeah and just like Forrest was saying in that piece um when you have a university or an organization that's running their own social media or running their own um news organization it is a little bit sketchy because you're reporting on yourself which always gets a little bit uh dicey it's ethically yeah it's ethically dicey and i we at kcsu we are not technically a part of Colorado State. We're not for that exact reason. faculty run. We're exactly. We're independent because we report on things that happen at Colorado State. And uh, we take a lot of pride in that. And yeah, this is, this is, I mean, it's, it's scary to me personally, because, you know, I definitely wouldn't want any 
other schools, especially ours, to follow suit. Right. That's what I was going to say. This is one of those things that can quickly jump to other schools and other schools are like, you know, that is kind of a good idea. Like, uh, we, don't the have, narrative. Yeah, we don't have to pay these students. We can just pay the staff with, or maybe they get something out of it. Um, control the narrative. I'm not saying that s- schools have um, an evil idea about this or by any means. But and, and CU doesn't necessarily have that kind of agenda. It's just a possibility. Right. It, uh, that we don't want to not think about. Yes. Um, however, we are unfortunately going to have to wrap up this show. But before we do, we did just want to thank everybody. Oh, and also uh, we just got a text in that Austin Austin from the Collegian also wrote the piece. Yes, not just Forrest and Austin wrote the piece. Um, uh, so we did want to clarify that really quickly. And thank you guys. Like uh, you said it much better than I could have. So I right. stole your words um, with permission. So before we wrap up the show, we did just want to kind of reminisce a little bit about the semester and how wonderful it has been. We wanted to thank everybody who listened in a little bit and who paid us a little bit of their time to hear all of our shenanigans and all of our news and just everything that went on in the Rocky Mountain Review this semester. Yep, this won't be the last episode for the semester. We'll have one more on Tuesday, but this will be the last episode of the semester with Ren. Yep, I got to study for finals. <laughs> yep, so we're going to be doing a training show on Tuesday, but for everyone who's been listening to us this year, thank you so much. It's really, it's been the uh, honest, and this is going to sound corny, it's been the biggest honor of my life to do this. Um, I have never had a, a platform to become a better journalist and a better writer and a better speaker and to learn more about my community and share it with people like I've had here. And uh, it's been amazing. All righty. And with that, we are going to have to wrap up this show as we usually do with a couple of thank yous. So yeah. starting it off, Damien Castile. Thank you so much for all the wonderful music you made for our show. Yeah, thanks, Damien. Um, we couldn't do this without you. And we got to thank uh, our guests today from Unearth Bags. Yeah, Marina and Ben, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And everything about your cool company yeah it's awesome it was great to learn uh, we got to thank Brittany Liskey for coming on the show and being our newest reporter as well as all of our other reporters since it's you know we're wrapping things up for the semester Coda Babcock Ivory Winfrey uh, Ryland Todd I'm missing anyone um yeah and of course uh, Dixon, Dixon Lawson Dixon Lawson <laughs> our cool sports dude uh, we got to thank all the great staff at KCSU uh, you know, that includes Julia Baddeley's, Hannah Copeland, Isaiah Reyes, Peter Walk, Raven Color, Hunter Sinclair, Asha Korn, Mia Sawaya, Desiree, Taylor, uh, from our video team. Um, everyone. Yeah, everyone. If I didn't say your name, uh, uh Henry, gotta thank Henry. He's, uh, <laughs> he's leaving, which is so sad. We gotta thank Magizmati, um, Tim, can't forget Tim. Uh, everyone, really. You yeah. all contribute. And I want to thank you, Max, for one last time this semester. Thank you for being such oh. a great co-host. I could not do this show without you. Thank you, Ren. Thank you for an amazing semester, and I'm so excited to keep doing this with you next year in the new decade. And we have to thank you, of course. Yeah, thank you for listening. With that, we'll, we'll, we'll see, see you, you next time. time.